All right, here we go, guys. Nordy's podcast. Lots of sports to talk. We're going to talk Edwards, Kaprizov, Jefferson, all the awesome young talent we have. We'll dive into NFL free agency, and uh, we'll talk about who who exactly is appointment viewing right now. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Feeling good. Doing well, man. I'm going to be great with you. After that last podcast that we did. so uh, that, that was a good pod. That was fun. That feels really good. Excited about that. Lots of fun. Um, go back, check it out. We talk about all the shows you should be watching. We do our uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes rewatch. So go check that episode out. I thought it was really good. Uh, but we have a really good sports episode for you today. I think Minnesota sports feels a little more exciting this week. And so I think we're going to try to to bring some of that out. We've got some good conversation for you guys. Um, but before we do that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Free, free. Thank you for doing that. Tell a friend. All right, guys, uh, what do you guys have to drink tonight for this episode? Dude, I, in the last podcast, I cracked a giant crawler of double strata, 9%. I'm still working on that. I do have a backup Fair State Palais to crack it halfway through if I need it. So I'm set, man. I'm, I'm doing great with Fair State IPAs for this pod. Solid. Um, I'm back at one of my favorite, most unsung unsung breweries in Minnesota, Portage. Um, this is called Mango Sticky Rice. It's a Northeast IPA with mango, coconut, vanilla bean, and sabro hops. And um, I guess they don't get the mango as much. It's definitely more cano- well, coconut and vanilla bean forward. Uh, but it's a really, really good beer. I like this beer a lot. All right, guys. I told you, Eric, I was telling you the other day that other places were doing sticky rice beers. Yeah. And I think Dangerous Man did one too. So uh, this is uh, Untitled Art. I'm back at Untitled Art from uh, Wanakee, Wisconsin. And this is their collab with Blackstack. It's their nonstop dry hop double IPA. I think uh, Untitled Art, I, I don't like to support Wisconsin, but. I am uh, I'm pretty excited about about this brewery. I think they're pretty good. It seems like everyone wants to work with them, too. Yeah, Hands apparently up. they're doing crazy collabs. All right, guys, so here we go. Uh, lots of stuff to cover on this episode. We have to start with breaking news, all right? We're breaking news right now. It just came out. The Gophers have officially parted ways with Richard Patino. Thank God. Yeah. Just now, as we are uh, recording this, it just came out in the last few minutes. They've officially parted ways, and they are claiming that uh, a lack of success in the Big Ten, um, lack of recruiting of elite talent, uh, have led to him being gone, parting ways uh, with the university. Doesn't say anything about his buyout yet. It just claims that they are going to have a national search uh, for their coach. I don't know what else they would do, a local search. That seems a little weird when it comes to college sports. <laughs> Um, Musselman from Arkansas, former gopher, uh, dad was a former coach, um, is one of the main guys. Arkansas is one of the top 15 teams in the country. Um, so that would be a, an obvious choice. 
I think he might have some interest in the job. Um, Ducher, the uh, San Diego State coach, uh, dad coach for the Gophers as well. He is with the $9 million buyout who has the $1 million Gopher buyout. I would guess those two are the, the front runners. Are you, are you actually kidding? I was going to make like a joke about let's go find like Greg Popovich's kid or like Mike's just uh, some, some like famous coach's kid. It seems to be Minnesota's plan. Well, and it didn't work out either time. We got Saunders and we got little Patino. The difference and neither of these little boys are very having, fucking good. These two guys though are having big time success in college basketball. It's not their first shot no. or anything like that. Okay. Well, no. then I'm into it. These are like big time coaches. So, um I do think that it could be kind of exciting um if one of those guys were to be the option. Any, any ideas on who you'd like, Ryan? I'm all in on the San Diego State head coach. Like, give me all of him. Uh, I'm. My hope is, out of respect for his team, he is uh, tacitly accepting the Gophers' offer uh, behind the scenes, but is waiting for because his team is so good that they have a chance to make a decent run in the tournament that he doesn't want to announce that ahead of time. But then once the season ends, probably in round three for them, most likely, um, he'll say, sorry, guys, you know, I, I love you, but, you know, I got to I got to make uh, the next leap in my career and is going to come coach the Gophers. I think the guy can coach the hell out of a basketball team. I think he can recruit well. If he can get guys. I, listen, San Diego is not a hard place to get people to recruit to, but in order to get elite talent in California and get them to play well at an elite level um, takes a special uh, coach. And I think that Ducher Ducher, um, has all of that. I think he would be like, he's a little bit older, but I think he's like a a PJ Fleck in, in terms of uh, viability, the ability to get the most out of, you know, talent that's not the best. And hopefully like you're never going to keep the Tyus Joneses of the world, but hopefully you're able to keep at least some of the uh, at least borderline blue chip talent and not let them go to Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, et cetera. So I think they should I'm all in on him. Chad Holmgren, who would you like to be the next coach of uh, the Gophers? Oh, your dad? Okay. Chad Holmgren's dad is now the coach of the Gophers, and then he comes here. You just Who's go with that just to get the you, so you're all about talent, talent over a big name coach. Talent is all that matters. So um, yeah. just you know, uh, right now, um, uh, San Diego State is a six seed in the tournament, and Ducher is a 61 year old, so he's a little old to take that job. Um, but he's one of the main candidates. I would have to assume um, they're a six seed. Last year, they would have been a one or a two seed. I mean, they're one of the top teams in the country when everything stops. And Arkansas is currently a three seed. Musselman, I think, might be the more attractive guy. He's 56, so a couple of years younger. Um, I'd look for either of those guys, but who knows? Big search um, will definitely be one of the big jobs available. I've, I've decided that with Gopher basketball, I want to be on, like, the New York Giants plan that they had with Eli Manning, where we have, like, two seasons in 15 of, like, glory. And then everything else is mediocre. I'm tired, or not even mediocre, but sometimes like just verifiably bad. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to be this like, oh, we're the sixth best team in the Big Ten every year. 
Like, I want the ups and downs. Like, give me the high highs. Like, LSU football, right? Less miles, national title. Everything else was just like, eh, fine. Or Auburn. Great, great well, then team. Got, then they got Coach, Coach O. And then they won a national Coach O, team. right. And then they won an, And then this last year, they were yeah. just like, fine. Um, like, that's what, that's what I want with the Gophers. I don't want, like, this, like, middling progression. Although that's the most Minnesota way to approach it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what we do. Um, I, I just, I want like super highs and I'm okay with the lows as long as there's another super high coming behind it. I, okay. I agree. I'm excited. Hey dude, we need to change. I think in eight years, he made two NCAA tournaments. We should really be making, it should almost be flip flopped with the size of the talent pool. We have the money we have. We're a big school. We should really be making it six out of eight years, I would imagine, and not the other way around. 80% of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it has to be a high seed, but, like, they're just too big of a university to, like, constantly miss the tournament. Um, and I think sucks. he only had one tournament win in eight years. One. He was, he was one in two, I think, which is despicable. And he got, like, how, I think he had, like, six different extensions and raises, too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like he beat Wisconsin at home by one. Let's give him three year extension. All right. Uh, next up, big news: Byron Buxton out with an injury, but not an injury that you would expect. Byron Buxton hurt his tooth eating a steak. Yeah. Does so he my eat first a steak? Was like like Patrick Mahomes or like Donald Trump? Like, <laughs> how hard is this steak, man? It's a leathery piece of meat. Or is yeah, it bone in? Was did he did he miss? You know, like, was it a bone-in, like, New York strip? And he was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat this, too. And he he took a bite. (laughs) I assume he knows the difference, but. So, Byron Buxton, he's having a root canal. We don't know if he'll miss any time. I really hope he doesn't miss time. Um, Here's the thing with Buxton. We like to tease him a lot, and we talk about his injuries a lot. But in reality, Buxton is, like, a really talented player. And the Twins mm-hmm. are drastically better with Buxton. He is an incredible fielder. He is a he's become quite a good power hitter. Um, he doesn't steal very many bases, but I guess no one really steals, steals bases anymore. Um, he is that's a, a coach. That's a coaching decision. Yeah, he's a weapon though, and he's a really important player to this team. And I think if you want to be a contender, a contender probably comes from Buxton playing big minutes and being a big piece of this team. And I think if you're going to finish second or third and out of the playoffs. It's probably because Buxton never gets going and isn't healthy. So he is important. It's important that we have him, and it's just not a good sign that we're already um, missing him for another weird injury. And I, you know, I joked over text. Another. This isn't even like a non-contact injury. <laughs> this is like you were at home next to your pool, and you somehow hurt your tooth so bad you had to have emergency dental dental surgery. What about Sonola? Oh. You're stepping on a bottle. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's an idiot and, and weighs 270 pounds. Like, yeah, but like um, the kind of shit that happens to baseball players more than any other sport. Like when Jeff Kent said that uh, he fell down his stairs, but really he got in like a bad motorcycle accident because he was drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's just, let's just take a moment. Take a moment. Shout out to all the people with ongoing dental issues. We know you're out there. We love you and we support you. Who could that be, you son of a bitch? Actually, you know what? Maybe, that was really hey, sweet of you. 
maybe maybe Buxton had a like he had some popcorn beforehand, and then that's what cracked his tooth. But then it was it, and the steak really came in and pulled it out. You know, what's the worst? Did thing I tell you what? What's a, what's the worst thing for your teeth? Uh, I did. I, I cracked a tooth, and then I cracked it, dude. Um, I don't know, but I'll tell you what. With this ongoing dental issues thing, which is apparently a real thing, when I was like in like sixth grade you know how you get like little tiny like cavities when you're young because you eat a lot of candy and shit never never did well all right well a lot of people do my dentist at the time who probably isn't practicing anymore hold on drilled the shit out of the middle of like four of my big teeth in the back and now like even my dentist now is like you're gonna need crowns on these at some point there's no reason for him to hollow out the entire middle of your tooth so there it is this sounds a lot like when you're like everyone has all this like like uh, the the drawing dicks like sixty percent of the people do it but whatever it's whatever <laughs> <laughs> the best foods that's what they can break your teeth that's yeah. it <laughs> you know how many foods are shaped like dicks the, the best, best kind. kind um but either way I do feel for Byron Buxton um it sucks out there man you know I might miss a day of work for a dental issue might, so same he thing might stop, he might have to stop chewing tobacco. Yeah, that probably does not help. Um, all right, guys, let's move on to a more serious topic. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So, uh, um, it's been announced that Lamar Odom uh, is going to have a celebrity boxing match with Aaron Carter. <laughs> I I love it. I love it. It's the only thing I care about with boxing. I, I just love celebrity boxing. I think it's like my new favorite sport. And – I love the freak show matchup of small boy band guy who needs money versus giant NBA reality star who needs money. Give me more <laughs> of it. Like, I love it. I, I think this is a super exciting matchup. And if you guys saw the video posted of Aaron Carter training, it is hilarious. He's like hitting the gloves. I don't know, whatever those pads, hitting the pads six times and then he struggles through about 15 push-ups <laughs> <laughs> all right i promise you guys we won't cover this anymore but hold on hold on hold on uh, we're absolutely going to cover this moving forward <laughs> eric i'm moving more into your corner pun intended on this because nothing i i can't think of anything i want to see more than aaron carter getting laid out with all of his face tattoos by Lamar Odom in 30 seconds with Lamar Odom, like he's smoking a heater, like right before he goes out there and knows he's just such a superior athlete to Aaron Carter. and just lays waste to him. Mm -hmm. I, this is something I, it's one of those things where it's so awkward because you know, something bad's going to happen to him, but you're like, I have to watch it. You can't have to watch it. Yeah. I have to watch this. I have to watch Aaron Carter get bludgeoned in 30 seconds by Lamar Odom, <laughs> who's literally got a cigarette hanging out of his lip because he doesn't care about Aaron Carter at all. Like I, I live for this moving forward and I would pay $60 to wow. watch this. Okay. Well, we should, you might that. not have to, I'll split it with you. We should, I will split it as well. That sounds like a great time. Sounds like, yeah, let's go 20 bucks each. All right. Um, just yeah, so I I don't like either of these people. 
Lamar Odom is like kind of a despicable human as well. Although, you know, you can blame it on his dad and his drug issues. I know all about him from when I actually used to watch Kardashians. So I know everything about Lamar Odom. What I know about Aaron Carter is that he's a giant piece of shit that tried to do porn and failed at that too. So um, let's go Odom. I'm on Odom's rink, baby. All right, guys. Uh, next up, big day in the NFL uh, when it comes to free agency. It is uh, Manic Monday as teams are going crazy giving ridiculous contracts to players. The, the salary cap went down, but remember the salary cap doesn't actually exist because teams can do anything they want, like give Taysom Hill a $140 million contract extension that's not guaranteed beyond year one, which just messes with the cap enough that they can finagle things to get out of cap hell because the cap doesn't exist. So I am not really going to name any of the people who got signed because I don't think anyone was interesting enough to even name. Um, but the Vikings haven't really done anything. They did sign Steven Weatherly, um, and that was one of their big moves. Um, but pretty much the NFL went crazy today. The Patriots spent a ton of money. And uh, the other piece of news is Drew Brees officially retires. We knew Drew Brees should have retired because the guy was insanely washed up. And his team literally was worse because he was on the field. And I but guess you were right. He does retire, leading the league all-time in yards, attempts, completion percentage. So an all-time great who almost signed with the Vikings 15 years ago, 15 seasons with the Saints. I hate the Saints. I hate Drew, Drew, Drew Brees. And uh, all I know is that it will give Drew more time to not understand the the struggles of, of uh, young black men and his, his own teammates. So see you, <laughs> Drew Brees. Even in retirement, but you know what? Well, Even in retirement, you should. We people don't forget. You know, let's remember the fact that he blew it when everybody was paying attention. Everybody had a chance to get on the right side of things, and he goes, "I don't get this kneeling thing. I don't get the protesting thing. Don't understand why can't you just like, you know, make your point heard in other ways? All the wrong things." I just like how people are like, "I you can't kneel because it's disrespectful to the troops, the same troops who fight for our freedoms." Like. The ability to have free speech or to kneel. Mm -hmm. like, right. Good one, guys. Thanks. Don't complete Bye. your thinking because then you're not thinking like the like those guys, you know. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. We're going to move on to some rapid-fire stuff for the Minnesota Vikings, the Timberwolves, and the Wild, the three teams most uh, worthy of our talking at this point. The Twins are in spring training, but spring training is insanely boring to talk about because they play 100 games that don't matter. They're just trying people out and warming people's arms up, and they're playing rosters of guys who will like maybe never be in the big leagues. So I don't really want to talk about it unless Barter's got something cool to say. The only thing is uh, Alex Kirilov, and I don't like touting lots of Twins prospects because baseball is the hardest sport, I think, to predict talent um, just because there's so many unknowns. Um, but Alex Kirilov has had a little bit of a slow start in spring training, but I think he's going to be kind of our real deal left fielder moving forward. And I'm here for it. Like he's got a big bat, like the guy mashed a home run a couple days ago that went like a million miles. And I hope he sticks. I hope he makes the squad. Uh, he's him and Trevor Larnick are probably the two best bats we have in the minor leagues. And Larnock, is it Larnock or yeah. Larnick, whatever. 
um, isn't far behind Kirilov either. And so if the Twins can find a way to integrate those two guys into the lineup this season, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Like, I was upset about losing Eddie Rosario's productivity, but if Alex Kirilov can do that and he's capable of more than Eddie Rosario, then it's a win-win. So um, just keep an eye on that. Our pitching rotation is fine. It's a bunch of old dudes. Um, but some of the young prospects that have actually like made it through the farm system now are going to be fun to watch from from now and and hopefully in the near future. Well said. Yeah, I'm excited about some of that. I think uh, I think um, Kirloff's a big deal. I think he's like a maybe possible future MVP candidate. Big deal. Yeah, like kind of. A, yeah. I feel like Kenta Maeda's pitching. I mean, like, can you really even tell with our pitching? Nope. And they just end the game whenever it was like five five game is over after a few innings like haha like doesn't matter. I watched the spring training game the other day and at the beginning they were like today we're scheduled for eight we'll see if we get to the eighth inning or if they decide to call it before then and I was like what <laughs> they don't even have a set number of innings they just like make it up it's crazy it shouldn't Love be it. Well, I think I think part of the the issue is like the availability of arms and so they're like each team is trying to. Uh, work a lot of their pitchers up into a certain amount of pitches and their bullpen guys, and they don't want to overuse them. And so the teams agree on like, Hey, if our starter doesn't make it more than a couple innings and we only have these three bullpen guys available. So if, if that is, if it comes to that, then we're only going to play six. And so the managers are like, cool, we're only going to play six. I, I couldn't care less. Yeah. It doesn't. Cares. doesn't matter. All right, guys, so we'll move on to some Vikings stuff here. So we'll start with a couple moves. Last week we talked about Kyle Rudolph uh, leaving the team, and then uh, we had a couple other moves. Riley Reef. I don't know if we talked about him last week, but Riley Reef is gone as well. That's probably the biggest cut, um, probably the biggest cut that we've had so far, uh, to be honest with you. Starting left tackle. For sure. He was a pretty highly graded left tackle last year, but he was unwilling to take a pay cut. They gave him a million-dollar bonus that he didn't earn, thinking that maybe he would. He wouldn't do it. They cut him. This move doesn't bother me at all. I think this was the right move. Um, they have Brian O'Neill at right tackle, who a lot of people think could easily switch over and be your left tackle this next year. Um, he's looking for a big contract extension, so moving to left tackle might make him even a little bit more money. They have Ezra Cleveland, who I think they think could play in four of those spots on the line, whether it's a guard or a tackle. He was a left tackle in college, so I think Cleveland and O'Neill will be your two tackles. Bradbury will be your I think Cleveland moves moves over to the left tackle most easily. He was a four year starter yep. at that position, so I think he will slot right in. So one, those two will be your tackles, left or right. They'll be the two guys. Bradbury at center. They're going to have to go find two guards, whether in the draft or in free agency. Um, the thing is, again, you don't have to be great on the line. You just can't be bad. So they've got to find two pieces who make you average. And if you're average, you're fine. If you're bad, you're in trouble. And we've been bad most of the time for the last few years. And I think the one year that we weren't bad, we made it to the NFC Championship game. So this team needs an average line. They need two vets. There should be plenty of them out there uh, this year. It's the best time to go find guys. So um, hopefully they can do that. Dan Bailey's who's the, the – sorry, go ahead. Oh, who is the guard that signed with uh, the Ravens today that we were supposedly targeting? I don't know, but there was a guard that signed with the uh, Chiefs. There was the big one, Tunney, from the Patriots. 
Oh, he's gone too. Okay. He's gone. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of guys out there, and there'll be more to come. So I, I think that um, Vikings fans were upset that the Vikings aren't diving into this with very little money and signing guys to $15 million a year contracts that were like average NFL players last year need to just calm down and know that there's going to be a whole lot of bargain uh, vets just sitting out there next week that you're going to be able to get for next to nothing. So just have a little patience. Zeitler was the guy that signed with the Ravens that we were kind of going after too. Um, so a couple other things, Dan Bailey is cut officially. Guy was awful last year. It's totally fine that he's gone. Um, we won't miss him. They actually signed his replacement already, Joseph, who was a practice squad kicker last year for the Bucks. Um, they're going to give him opportunities to win the job, but it won't be just his job. Oh, Jimbo's Jimbo's favorite position, the kicker. Can we just get rid of Vikings. kicking? Like, why should <laughs> something so important when the game is about a quarterback and a running back and all these skill positions, it comes down to can this random dude kick a ball through this thing that doesn't even need to be on the field? Like, that, you can just get rid of those uprights. What are they even doing there? I will say, let's be done with kicking in fantasy for good. In fantasy, Agreed. in but fantasy for sure. Kickers in fantasy. Get rid of it. Um, they did sign Stephen Weatherly. I don't know if we mentioned that last week, but he's back. He spent a year with the the Panthers. He seems like he'll be like a like a backup or rotational um, edge player for us. And then a couple other pieces. Anthony Barr officially restructured his contract, taking his base salary down to twelve and a half million from I think fifteen and a half million. He takes a pay cut, but he cuts two years off of his contract. He'll officially be a free agent after next year. So he saves us a few million, but he gets to reach free agency at a good age in his late 20s, two years early. I think this is a win-win for everyone. Thank you, Anthony Barr. His last year officially with us. Um, It's pretty funny what guys will do when you're like, hey, we're going to cut you, or (laughs) you can do this thing, exactly what we want. I'm psyched. I feel like there's a few people on our defense that are truly like playmakers that do things that aren't just like, yeah, you didn't notice them because they were doing a good job or yeah, they made a lot of tackles, but like Anthony Barr blows up plays. He gets, you know, he gets picks. He, he forces fumbles. And then, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like that's the type of guy I'm still, I'm so psyched to still have, you know, even if, we worried about overpaying him or in some ways he's average. I feel like he's a playmaker. All right. So uh, the other piece, no love for that. No <laughs> love for that. Take. What about Harrison Smith? Okay. Love he's a little bit older, but he still gets picks, right? Like love Harry. Can you put a value on that? Um, yeah. I just think Barr missed the whole last season. Okay. And that hurts. He played one game. I get that. But I mean, like, Assuming he comes back to whatever he was, I mean. Jimmy Channels, do you want to know who agrees with you 150%? Yeah. Mike Zimmer. (laughs) Yes, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer loves Barr, and he thinks he is a chess piece that can be moved around, and just like you said, is a playmaker who can move all over the field and can do things that other guys can't do at that position. The other guy who feels that way is the guy who said that last week, Rick Spielman. So they are on the same page as you. I think Barr is fine, but obviously I don't know very much about football compared to Mike Zimmer and uh, and Spiel and Jimmy Chance and Jimmy Chance and, and <laughs> Facebook and Facebook on Score North. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Adam Thielen's the next guy that could be restructured. Some people think they will push uh, his contract deeper 
They'll convert things to signing bonus, making his cap number go way up in future seasons. Um, could save them up to $8 million. I think this is like a break glass kind of situation where they're like, if the right free agent is available and we can get him and it's going to be put us in a bad spot, we'll just extend Thielen because we know we like Thielen. And even if he ages out a little bit, he's still a good guy to have around. We'll just pay him in the future. We'll get $8 million extra million. We'll go make some moves. So look for that to be an option for them. I think that they've probably agreed upon that already. It gives Thielen more job security in Minnesota where he obviously likes to be and uh, gives him security as he goes into his 30s. Um, a place where receivers are not quite as valuable to teams. Um, and then the other big piece is that Daniil Hunter is very unhappy. He wants a bigger contract or a trade at this point. So I think this is a frustrating situation for everyone involved because we all know that Daniil Hunter is a star. Daniil Hunter is making $12 million a year. He will be like the 25th highest paid pass rusher in the league. He is like a top 10 pass rusher in the league. He is definitely underpaid, for sure. Mm-hmm. The Vikings know that. Hunter knows that. The fans know that. But the Vikings are in a bad place for with cap space right now. And Hunter played zero snaps last year because he had a neck injury. So it just is a situation where, like, Hunter is not really that deserving based on what he's done in the last 18 months for the team. And he's kind of a question mark. But he is also underpaid. And both of those things are true. And so I just don't really know where this is going to go. If I had to guess, I would guess they they give him a pay raise and it may be not quite as big as he was hoping. Um, but who knows? He could be a piece that gets moved here, clears up some cap space, and maybe brings in some draft capital um, before the draft as well. So a big story, probably the biggest story to watch with the Vikings right now is Daniil Hunter. Eric, I think they. what do you want to happen? I, as a huge fan, so, I'm sorry, Ryan, to interrupt, but well, Eric, I mean, this is uh, your guy. Love Hunter. I'll offer. I'll offer my opinion, and then okay. let Eric refute it. Go. Um, I think what they'll do is they'll do like a short-term deal with with Daniil and say, "Listen, we don't have the cap space, but we can offer you this um, as a stopgap until the cap goes up, and then we can offer you more money." We we know you're underpaid, although you signed the contract. We're not sure why you signed the contract to to play at this rate um and we know how valuable you are however we can't just simply say you're going to be able to be plugged back in at the same pace that you were essentially two seasons ago because you have a severe neck injury that cost you the entire season like the vikings do have a little bit of leverage here and not only do the vikings have leverage there are other teams that are probably very concerned if they were, if the Vikings were looking to trade Daniel Hunter, they could say, "I don't know, man. I don't feel like he's worth a first first round pick because he was out all last year with a, a severe neck injury, like something that cost him the entire season. He had surgery, um, so Daniel doesn't have a ton of options at this point. Like I know, this isn't the NBA, right? Where the players have a lot of the power. Um, I know that the the ownership and Rick Spielman know how the market works. So I think they give him like maybe a short-term stopgap extension and keep him happy for the time being and then work out a long-term deal in, let's say, two seasons. Eric, the floor is yours. So all I want to say is that if uh, if he's so unhappy here, 
I would happily trade him for a first-round draft pick if someone's interested. So come on in, Opera's first-round pick. We'll take Quiddy Pay in the first round, and we will uh, we will move. But guys, right now, breaking news uh, with the Vikings. Okay, we got Vikings breaking free agent news right now. Uh, the Vikings sign interior nose tackle Delvin Tomlinson. Uh, he was the 25th ranked interior defender in the NFL last week, according or last year, according to PFF. Um, so I don't know the numbers. So it looks like it's a two-year deal for 22 million. He was 20th ranked nose tackle, D tackle, I guess, for PFF, 11 million a year. This is a weird move to me because last year we signed Michael Pierce, a nose tackle, for nine million a year. So mm. it's your first big signing. They're really trying to bolster the interior of that defensive line. And uh, all things are pointing to the Vikings want to build up that defensive line again, whether Hunter's a part of that, whether Pierce is a part of that. They bring in Weatherly. They already had Wanham. They are, you know, they have uh, some pieces in place. I wouldn't be surprised if they attack that early in the draft as well. There you go. Delvin Tomlinson from the Giants, 20th ranked D-tackle in the NFL last year. Signs of the Vikings, 11 million a year. Interesting. Wow. So does that tell us anything about Barr? No. Bernie I, Hunter? I think Barr no, is locked in at, yeah, at this year. Hunter, he misspoke. He misspoke, yeah. I think he met him at Hunter, yeah. I think they will, they're going to try to keep him. I would, I would guess they'll do what they can. He's still young. I think Pierce is the interesting one. This guy plays the same position as Pierce. And I'm just curious if this means that they're going to get rid of Pierce already without ever playing a game, sitting out a season because of COVID. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's it for now for the Vikings. Lots of good stuff there. But it's time to move on to some teams that are playing right now. we got to go to the Timberwolves. And uh, is his name Chris Finch? Is that his name? Yeah, last I checked. Chris Finch, the new coach of the team, um, has the guys playing a, a, a more exciting, more competitive brand of basketball. I mean, it looks it looks to be a much better team, don't you guys think? Well, they're, they've won a couple. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they've won two out of three. They almost beat the, the Blazers twice. Um, they're, I feel like Towns' role is like stepped down a little bit, and everybody else's role that can contribute is like ramped up. It's interesting. You're getting production from people that like Noel, and you're getting production from McDaniels, and obviously Edwards. Somebody told him, just go, man, go nuts. And he won, he won the game for us the other day. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, like, look, you know, all I want is for the team to have fun and they're having fun since the break. So I'm happy. They're happy. They still suck. Let's be fucking clear. This is not a team that's ready to go get, you know, into the playoffs. They've missed the playoffs by all like, you know, come on, but it is fun, right? Uh, it's really fun, and I, I think the biggest piece of this is that Edwards is becoming a more efficient player. I think that's the most exciting part of this. And also, Edwards is a late-game nightmare for other teams. He is yeah. an absolute menace at the end of games. This guy is a freak. Um, like we've been saying, at, at very least, he's like a more competitive Andrew Wiggins at, at worst. And I, yeah. think more, I think a competitive Andrew Wiggins is like a pretty good player. Yeah, no, I agree because we've seen Andrew Wiggins be competitive and he usually puts up huge numbers kind of like Ant did the other night. And, you know, the funny thing is one of the rips on Ant was like, oh, he likes football more than basketball. He's not that serious. He's always joking around. And 
Um, he has more drive than most every player on our team, for sure, including D'Lo, for sure, including Towns. He wants to do it for himself and for the team. Um, he has been a lot of fun. So I will say, I do think that that the Rubio piece with Ant is a big deal. And I think that, like, as much as we question yeah. Rubio being on the Wolves, I think that Rubio has been a great mentor for Edwards. And it sounds like that's, like, his job is to, like, mentor Edwards. It's weird. Yeah, I was, like, I was thinking, like, dude, Rubio is so pointless on this team. He's not a scorer. He pretty much is dead weight out there. A couple good assists, but mostly his assists look so great because he has to, like, thread the needle because somebody's being double teamed because no one's even guarding Rubio because he doesn't shoot. Um, But apparently, like, Ant's, like, this is the best leader I've ever been around. He's absolutely, you know, crucial to the team. Hey, man, I'm willing to say, okay, keep him on. If you're going to mentor up a guy that has the raw talent like Anthony Edwards, then you deserve to be on the team. So I think the craziest piece of this is, though, that Anthony Edwards has taken over the team. He is now the – I hate this term, but I'm, I don't know what else to say right now. He is the alpha on the team at this point, the alpha of the Timberwolves. I guess it's fitting. Sure. Uh, and he is um, absolutely – We haven't had one since KG. He is the main guy on the team. Like, he's 19, yeah. and he's the main guy. Like, I don't even think it's close. And – uh, in the game yesterday, he went head-to-head with Lillard. Lillard ended up with like 36, and Ant ended up with 34. He had six threes, career-high threes, career-high points. He was unbelievable in the fourth. I think he had three threes and had one of the best dunks of the year in the fourth quarter. And they interviewed him after the game, and he said, I got hurt. I had to come out of the game. I told Cat, just keep us in it until I can get back out there. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, he is just taking cat better watch his girlfriend because Edward yeah. too. He is the man of the team and he's like the kind of guy who can just get a shot out of anything. And he's not afraid to pull up late in games. He's not afraid to dunk in everyone's face. And he just seems like he's having so much fun while he's doing it. Eric, it's Dude, it's nice to hear better. this from you because because like four weeks ago you were off the Anthony Edwards train. And you were regretting not taking Lamelo Ball, Ball severely. Be and better, but Edwards is—he he was more—he's exciting, efficient basketball like you could possibly play. Like he was shooting yeah. horribly, and he like he was just a disaster for a while. But now I think he's figured out the game. He said he worked all the way through the All Star break. He said he was working mentally and physically. Uh, during the all-star break, he's trying to get bigger and stronger. Uh, and if you've seen him go at like seven footers, he bullies them. Like he attacks them. He goes right into them. And then, uh, you know, like Dude, he like, right he pushes up against them. Catch as soon as they're off balance, he pivots and just flies by him and goes and dunks. He's like, he's got a little bit of Zion in him in mm-hmm. that he has a big, like a big body. Like he's got a little booty on him. But he's incredibly athletic, and you could just see that like smoothness. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard to describe it, 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 like without like watching it like with a video in front of you, where he is a beast physically, but then he's also like very smooth, and mm-hmm. it's very appreciative. Like like I'm very appreciative being able to watch him in his younger years, like 
learning how to play the game of basketball in the NBA. Yeah, I I am right there with you. Um, Timberwolves basketball is an actual product to watch right now. I mean, that could change. Um, it will be very interesting to see Beasley come back and then see D'Lo come back, who should be two of our top three players. Um, and then, you know, you pair them with Ant, who is surging, uh, and a couple of these younger guys, you know, Noel and, and McDaniels. I don't know. I mean, we could win 50% of the games the rest of the way. I don't think we should. It'd probably be bad overall, but um, it is a, it's been a different, a different, markedly different product since the all-star break. I don't think, I, I think Noel is like our most underrated young player. The dude is shooting 58% since for, for like the last like month and a half. From three, I, from three, and I love I love McDaniel's, and they're all young, and I love I think I love Noel more. Yeah, like, I think he's he's just a special McDaniels player. Does really like McDaniel's blocks motherfuckers like crazy. It's awesome. Crazy, yeah. McDaniel's is is going to be the best as a stretch four who's a rim protector, and like that's something we just don't have. Yep. The lineup I want to see more than any, which we have never seen, is Russell Edwards, Beasley, McDaniel's, and Towns. That's it. Sadly, that's a really exciting lineup. A really coming off the bench and leadership from the bench. Yeah, and there's like some fun guys coming off the bench as well. Well, yeah, Noel Noel and and Ricky as the first two off the bench as six and seven. Yep, you got Nas Reed coming off. I mean, these are this is it's okay. Like it's a decent team. You know, like we if all these people continue to grow, we're in decent shape. All right, guys. More breaking news. Lenardi's podcast, where we're at. You guys have seen this already, but the Gophers hockey team just won in overtime coming down back from two down against Michigan. They're playing against Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. College hockey's great. I love college hockey. All right, guys, we got to move on, though, and we've got to move on to the Minnesota Wild. This is the real team that's happening yeah, right now. The real team. Yeah. yeah. We don't talk a lot of Wild on our podcast, but, guys, I have a take that I've been thinking about for days that I want to talk about. First up, Minnesota Wild currently second best betting odds to win the Stanley Cup. Give me more. Keep That's going. So but here it is. I'm, this I'm, is I'm almost there. It's the most simple take. <laughs> this, is my, this is what I've been thinking for days. I just wanted to come on the pod with you guys and all of our friends at home and say that Kaprizov is so special that he makes me love the NHL again. I whoa, have whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm being dead serious. Guys, I have been finding myself looking at NHL standings and stats, following other games, following all kinds of things, because Kaprizov makes me believe again. He is so fun. He is so special. He is the runaway rookie of the year. He is the most talented player we have ever had. I watched a game the other day that we were tied 0-0 going into the third, and he scored a freaking hat trick in the third period where he just pretty much did it all by himself. And the best thing is (laughs) – He scored these goals just completely alone by himself, skating around the net, sniping corners. And then he went over to his teammates and was like, good job, guys. It was like, <laughs> you can do that all by yourself. He makes me want to watch the NHL again. He makes me want to buy NHL 21 and play with him in the wild and build them into the contender that they should be. And I have been following wild news every single day. I've been searching it on Twitter. I've been searching it on the internet because he has 
breathe life into a stale franchise, and I can't wait to watch more. Every night now, I check if the Wild are playing because I can't wait to watch the game. And especially when they wear the retro jerseys, the green and yellow. I need a green and yellow Kaprizov jersey more than I need anything in life right now. I can't wait. I'm getting one. It's happening. He has brought the Wild back into uh, my heart and hopefully into the state of Minnesota's as well. And if he can make a deep playoff run here as a rookie, this guy is here to stay as one of the staples of Minnesota sports. Thoughts? And and not only oh. that, like, not only is he phenomenal, he's made, like, we already knew Kevin Fiala was good. Uh, but, like, he's made, like, we panned the Matt's Zuccarello, tra- like, uh, trade or signing. Uh, Matt Zuccarello is like a world beater right now like just an absolute monster uh he's made, the two of those guys they're like they're like on a different they're like on a different unbeatable they're yes. like doing I, i'm sure that they like wake up at the same time and sit up at the same time and text each other at the same time because i feel like they're just reading each other's minds right now <laughs> like yule erickson uh looks like one of the best centers in the nhl um so it, like the the Kaprizov, sort of like like spillage over into the rest of the team is not only infectious, but he's also like made the team better overall, especially when he's on the ice. And I think this team, it's one of those weird things like where the team starts to believe that they're good and know that they're good. And then that's just sort of like cascades and snowballs. And they still like Johansson still hurt and he's out. And we have like a rookie goaltender that's playing better than the the free agent that we signed. Yeah. We have everybody on the team is elevated because they see the talent of Kaprizov and they're like, dude, I don't want to disappoint this guy. Like this guy deserves to be on a good team. I just want to keep up with them. Everybody's elevated. Everybody's playing well. Um, Hockey is so weird. Hockey is the weirdest sport. I'm watching more than I have in a long time. And it's like average players in the right situation all of a sudden become well above average. And then they can be that good for the rest of their career. They like, it's so strange. I don't know. It's weird, but dude, we are loving it. This is what feels so good. Most points for a rookie in the league would be Kaprizov. Most goals for a rookie in the league, Kaprizov. Most assists in the the league for a rookie, Kaprizov. Best plus minus in the league for a rookie, Kaprizov. Most wins by a goalie, Kakinen. They've got those – their rookies are incredible at this point. A rookie goalie who's got the most wins of any goalie, rookie goalie, the best rookie skater, you know, skater. Uh, Forward, yeah. In the whole league. I mean, this is this is a team that looks like they're two years ahead of schedule and they're just dragging enough out of, like, the, the old body of Zach Parisi. They got Bugstead, um, you know – Turning back the clock, you know, four years ago, Buke said was like a major power forward in the league. Injuries have kind of derailed his career in the last two years. He comes here. He looks refreshed and new being back at home. I know he's happy to be here. Um, they've got a bunch of old guys. Rask, that looks like a disaster trade. Suddenly Rask looks like a nice player. You know, like mm-hmm. there's so many pieces. And honestly, guys, it's a weird year for everybody, obviously, with COVID these empty arenas, this weird system where they're only pretty much playing their division. I think there's never been a better year to go in 
on a big time trade at the deadline than this year right now. Go get Eichel from Buffalo. Go get one of the big pieces up front. Go get a center. Go get a first. Go get a center. Yeah, get a center. That's what they need. And I don't care. Literally, Boldy is supposed to be a great prospect. See ya, buddy. I don't care. I don't care. Get rid of any of the big prospects and bring in one last big piece and try to win it in this weird year. And it would be so Minnesota to finally win a title and there's like no fans in the arena and it's like a <laughs> well and, and let let's not forget like even though uh oh god who is the uh gm before our current gm um the guy from nashville who was like we got to get rid of everyone and traded grandland traded niederreiter traded coil traded everybody was just like get rid of fenton Thomas Fenton was the guy. He saw the writing on the wall. None of these guys were ever going to get Minnesota, the, the Wild 2 in any, uh, a Stanley Cup final or even like the conference finals and was willing to get rid of all of the fan favorites, if you will. Like how many people were you like, I love Nino Niederreiter. He was terrible. I love Cal Clutterbuck. He wasn't very good. Like, get rid of some of these old pieces from the prior regime. And now we're seeing, like, the fruits of that in bringing in new faces with a really good coach. And I don't I don't think we should discount the impact that the that our, our you know, coaches had. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be able to just sort of, like, get rid of some of that talent, bring in some other stuff, and not really miss too much of a beat. And then you add Kirill Kaprizov to this whole dynamic. And Eric sent us the text, and it's the perfect way to phrase this, which is Kaprizov is appointment viewing. Yeah, You have to have your notifications on your phone to say, wild game is starting in five minutes. And you got to tune in because what he can do is special. Guys, so guys, uh, last couple things before we head out of here. Uh, NCAA tournament um, brackets are out. The number one overall seed is Gonzaga, and they have Minnesota's own uh, Jalen Suggs, which is really exciting for Minnehaha Academy. He's probably the best freshman in the country, or one of them. Um, he's going to be a top five pick in the draft, most likely. He's you know been absolutely amazing for Gonzaga. Uh, we might draft him. Yeah, if we if we yeah. don't lose the pick, we could we could get him. So um, here's my question for you guys: Who is in your final four? I'm gonna go first because it's so pointless; it means nothing. Um, Virginia is gonna beat Florida State. Baylor is gonna beat beat Clemson, and Baylor is going to beat Virginia. Uh, no idea why. Go ahead. Okay, mine is a little less. Uh, crazy. Um, I have Gonzaga, the number one overall seed, versus Michigan in the final four on one side. And I have uh, Houston versus Ohio State on the other side. Okay. My reasoning here is because the Big Ten is by far the best conference in the country, and they didn't play anybody except for the Big Ten. And I think the Big Ten is going to wreak havoc on this tournament. But I do have Gonzaga over Houston. For the championship. That's my pick this year. Okay. By you have Houston? Yeah, Houston. Two Going seed. that deep. Yeah. What seed oh, are they? Two. A two seed? Okay. Yeah, they do. Good. 
Uh, I haven't filled out my bracket yet. So, but aren't you going to do like eighteen brackets and like fourteen? Yeah, drafts I, don't, and... I don't fill it out that early. Gosh, okay. guys, well, what do you think, man? Of, there's lots of COVID implications. I think I think Gonzaga is obviously the best team in the West. Um, I think Baylor is pretty underrated. Um, I think Illinois is the best team in the Midwest. Um, I. They have like two of the best players in the country on their team. I don't see how uh, the only the only difference is is they have to play potentially Tennessee or Oklahoma State, uh, who have two probably lottery picks and on Oklahoma State and one on Tennessee. So that might be a little bit tough. Um, yeah. And I'm gonna go with geez, I'll go Alabama out of the East. Okay. So Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Alabama, which is super boring, but I don't see any of the other. The only, the only one that I see getting messed up is the Midwest. Um, I think that's the toughest bracket, but I think the Southwest and East are all pretty cut and dry. All right. Guys, last thing of the night before we get out of here is uh, I just wanted to bring up the fact that, like I said earlier, we have the best bunch of rookies in sports right now here in Minnesota. We have Anthony Edwards, who we spent a lot of time talking about. We have Kirill Kaprizov, who we all waxed poetically about. And we have Justin Jefferson, three amazing rookies. Um, So my question for you guys is rank these rookies on their importance to Minnesota sports. Um, Not on that they need to be good, but like who five years from now is going to be the biggest deal uh, in order. Well, how would it's, you guys rank that? It's easy. It's it's Kirill, it's Edwards, and then it's uh, Jefferson. Um, and I know that it, you'd almost want to flip those teams in like excitement. Like Vikings might be the most important and exciting team, but he's a wide receiver. Um, he's not a quarterback. And these other te- these other players are going to have a massive impact on their teams. What I want to see is a reality show with all three of them, where they go to like seven sushi and like hang out. Um, there, I mean, you couldn't pick, these are pretty wildly different people and it would be fun. And it is a very exciting time to have our most exciting players be our youngest players. I, I think I would agree a hundred percent with Jimbo's ranking. I think Kaprizov is the most exciting because I mean, regardless of what you think about Edwards or Jefferson, he is single-handedly made the wild into Stanley cup contenders in how how many games have they played 20, 30, whatever they played. Like he is whatever you think of Jefferson's season as a Viking in his rookie season, Kirill Kaprizov is two or three times better than what he's done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I think Jimbo is exactly right in that people may want to put Jefferson higher because everyone wants to like weight the Vikings as much more important. Right. And that's fair, but Justin Jefferson is not nearly as important as the offensive line or the defensive line, as we've seen in all of like every playoff loss we've had in the last five seasons. So Jefferson is important, but not nearly as impactful as Kirill Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm just going to say this. 
they're all they all have super high ceilings. Um, high ceilings. I think Kaprizov is a uh, like. I feel confident in saying I think over the next ten years, at at least for a few of those years, he's a top ten player in the league, and like maybe a top five, top three kind of player. I don't know if I'll right, not just player. yeah, not just as a rookie, but like just right. overall in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he'll ever be like the best player on earth. Like he's he's not the level of McDavid, but like I think he could be in the next tier down as like as like superstar, one of the best guys to have on your team in the whole world. I mean, I think he's that have level. You, have you watched him play? Why? Why? Why couldn't he be on that level? I, he's an incredible he's, skater. He's, he's been here like four months. You have to remember, though, the one thing about him is that he, like McDavid, comes into the league as a nineteen-year-old. Kaprizov's twenty-three. I mean, I'm not ripping Kaprizov. He's played three professional years in Russia, where he led the KHL. He just he we're calling him a rookie, but like in reality, like this is a. This is a developed hockey player who has just. This is like when Chris Wanky was a, a rookie as a 26 year old yes. for the Panthers. Yeah. He's 23. I, I know opposing fans are trying to say that you discount him for winning the rookie of the year. Fuck you. He's the rookie of the year. But <laughs> but he is 23 years old. So he's, he's a little further in his hockey development. Um, I think he's a top 10 player, though. I feel confident in saying that. Um, I think I'll put Jefferson second. Not because I, I think his ceiling is as high as even Edwards, but I think his floor is a lot higher than Edwards. Like, I feel really confident in saying yeah. that Jefferson is going to be, like, a top five NFL receiver, making a fortune, making big plays for the next 10 years. He's going to be fantastic. He's going to be like like DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's going to be an absolute superstar for 10 years. Edwards could be, like, more muscular Dwayne Wade. And that would be insane, you know. Mm-hmm. He also could be like more competitive, better attitude, Andrew Wiggins. And so I'm not saying he's not going to be really good, but I just I I've watched the Timberwolves butcher really good talent before and not develop great young players that had high ceilings. And so I'm just not 100 percent on Edwards. But when Edwards gets it right, you're like, could this guy lead the league in points? Like, could he? I think he's that kind of guy. Like, at this point, if I had to say. He looks a little like Doncic sometimes. Like, yes. Like, he does seem to have something. I agree. I think he's, like, uh, a bigger Russell Westbrook, kind of. Like, I kind of think that's his future, is Russell Westbrook. I I hope he does more than Russell Westbrook and is more efficient than Russell Westbrook. If he turned out to be a Russell Westbrook, that's a disappointment, man. The guy doesn't help the team that much. So I agree, but here's what you have to think. If the, if the NBA draft happened and they were like, if you take this guy at number one, he'll have Russell Westbrook's career, he'd go number one in every draft. I guess. There are other guys. Like if you knew what that career was going to be and you didn't know the rest of the guys in the draft, but you knew this guy was going to have Russell Westbrook's career, he'd go number one every time because anyone would take that. He's probably a Hall of Famer, even though he's pretty sketchy. But yeah. I think he's I think he's like a bigger version of Russell Westbrook. So guys, it's super exciting and I know everyone's been begging for it, but if you guys remember the famous picture of Garnett and Randy Moss wearing each other's jerseys, I want one where you have, you know, Jefferson wearing the Kaprizov jersey, Edwards wearing the Jefferson jersey, Kaprizov wearing the the Edwards jersey, and they're all like downtown Minneapolis or something. Like give me that image. We need it, we deserve it, and it's so fun. At seven at seven sushi. 
yeah. doing Jibbo's reality is, show. Yeah. An all-around terrible place to eat or be, and yet it's perfect for this. I agree. So that's what we need. Um, that's because well, well, they can't go to St. Paul because everything's closed at 9 p.m. So. <laughs> right. It's a, literally a ghost town. It's a pretend town built up around the stadium to make it look like there's a real reason for them to play hockey there. We've been quite tortured as Minnesota sports fans, so it's only fair that every once in a while we get some really cool young talent like we have right now in the state. I can't wait. I love being a part of it, and we'll talk a lot about these guys and these teams over the next few years. But that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Go back, check out our screencast. It was awesome. We talked all about different shows. We, we finished our Sherlock Holmes rewatch. All kinds of good stuff happening on the Nordies Podcast right now. So until next week, thank you guys for listening. And uh, go Wild, Timberwolves, Vikings, Twins, Gophers. 